Are you ready to learn? Because my super experienced guests are ready to share some really valuable information. Make sure and listen all the way to the end to get help and support. So let's start with the best audio experience. Hello, everyone, and welcome to our show. Today, I'm so excited to discuss interesting topic about image SEO, how to get traffic with uh, alternatives methods. And uh, I'm so excited to discuss this topic with Roxana Stingo. Am I right to pronounce your name? Yeah, that's actually perfect. Hello, everybody. Oh, you know, it's it's my first time, you know, <laughs> to pronounce correctly any name. <laughs> but, you know, yeah, I think that um, uh, the last time I am trying to learn how to pronounce uh, different names by using uh, Google Translator, you know, just type this name and <laughs> check out the sound, you know, nothing special. Okay, uh, before we start, introduce a little bit about yourself, your background and uh, why you decided to cover some specific topics like uh, image search not the common SEO that everyone uh, provides yeah so um, I've been doing SEO for I don't know 15 years now I'm, I'm starting to lose track it's been a long time um, I, I started with a link building and that was uh, part of what everybody was doing as SEO back then and I kind of started understanding there's more to it than just that and um, I, I remember at that time I got the only job in my town that existed for an SEO. Um, I actually pretty much uh, dropped out of university to get that job and I was in my last year. So <laughs> this is how much I liked what I was reading about it and how much I wanted to do it. And um, I've been focusing more on the technical side of SEO for the past eight, nine years. Um, and for the past two and a half years, it, it's been image search primarily which has opened up a new SEO world to me, which I thought after 10 years doing it, that um, there's not much more to discover, but here I am doing image search, thinking, how did I not know about this 10 years ago? <laughs> okay, yeah, interesting. You know, uh, I think that 15 years ago, I didn't know about SEO anything, you know. <laughs> and there's I, an uh... explanation for it because it, it wasn't, it wasn't easily done. Um, Google was just ranking the image files so mm -hmm. as an SEO, you couldn't really do much about that. Yeah. Okay. Uh, for example, yeah, if my client has a website and I tell him or her, uh, we need to uh, get uh, traffic from image search. Uh, he always replies me, why I need to have this traffic? What's the point? You know, I want to uh, be ranked. I want to get traffic from uh, common search. Uh, why we, uh, websites should pay attention with image search? Right. So I'm, I'm going to assume this website is a, an e-commerce website because otherwise, um, you know, unless you're selling images or uh, you're a photographer and you're, you want to put your work out there. But if you're just writing blog posts and it's more of an informational website, maybe image search is not for you. Mm -hmm. But in all in all other cases, um, if, if you kind of keep track of the changes Google does in web search, which we know people like Barry Schwartz write about every single test, if they're changing, you know, three pixels somewhere, we have an article about it. But Google has been doing a lot of similar different um, experiments and um, changes on image search, and uh, we rarely see an article about it. And 
you can now see, for instance, if um, we used to just have the image file, as I just said, but now actually Google ranks the, the page where the image is found. And I can tell you how Google got to do that as well, because it's quite interesting. Um, you get captions before you would just get the domain of the website where the image was hosted and that was it. Now you get context around those images through captions. Um, you, you can even get quick facts. So you can, uh, you can click the site menu and get more information about the image. And uh, this is stuff that Google brings in from the knowledge graph, similarly to how it brings in knowledge graph information in web search. And then you even get related searches. So it helps you find even more images easily. You just click on the related searches um, and you, you get a new search in. So um, Google's doing all of this because it, it kind of transforms image search into a product search. So it, it's very e-commerce heavy if you look at it. Um, it uses its own technology, Google Lens. Uh, which is, you know, artificial intelligence based. And uh, you can just click on an object to, to identify it or to isolate it out of, a, out of a picture and then do a search for that object alone. So for instance, I moved in a new house this year and I've, I've had to do a lot of decoration and things like that. And I, I like getting ideas because I don't know what I want. I wanna see it and see if I like it. So I would search for um, nice, you know, pictures of nice uh, home offices. And then I'd find objects I'd like, I would click on them and then Google would do a search for me for those objects only and where I can find to buy them. And it's not always the exact same object, but it's highly similar ones, uh, which is great because I'm looking at photos of very expensive offices and I probably can't afford half of those objects, but Google finds me similar ones. So it, it, it made my shopping experience at least so much easier. And this is where um, shopping in general tends to go through. We get 3D images and, you mm -hmm. know, virtual shopping, you, you put on your VR glasses and you see all the dresses in the shop, how they look on you when you look in the mirror, but you never leave your, your bedroom while you're doing this. And, you know, that might be in the future, but it's not a very distant future. Yeah. You know, um, uh, what about Google? Google recognizes uh, uh, the picture. For example, if I have a picture uh, with cat, but uh, I submitted uh, all tech uh, a dog. <laughs> no, I mean, like Google can recognize this picture or not. <laughs> so that's a bit of a debate because um, uh, Google has a image search guide, well, image image guidelines page where they kind of, uh, they talk about best practices when, when you have images and how you can get images ranking against your website. And that page used to say that Google uses uh, the alt tag, sorry, the alt attribute, because it's not mm -hmm. a tag. Um, they use the context around the image and they also use computer vision. But that text has changed a couple of years back. And I wonder why, is it because Google doesn't use computer vision anymore? Or is it because it doesn't want us to know it uses it? So it, you know, I can't say for sure if Google actually looks at images and understands the context inside the image and then compares it to whatever's on the page, including um, alt attributes. But um, I don't know. It, it, it's a debate, you know, if, if people have conducted experiments and they feel like Google is using computer vision still, uh, 
Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'd like people to reach out to me on Twitter or LinkedIn and just, you know, share their data. I'd be very happy to to have a look and have a bit of a debate on it. But um, at this moment, I can't say for sure either way. Yeah, got it, got it. Um, okay, uh, I'll submit all uh, links to your social media profiles in the description below. You can find them uh, in any places where you uh, will listen this episode. Uh, Apple, Spotify, Google. <laughs> you can find and reach out to ask <laughs> or share your insights, you know, like people usually do with uh, Barry Schwartz to share some their uh, insights. Okay, um, uh, tell about writing uh, out uh, attributes, yes, uh, not text. <laughs> uh, how, uh, w- which way, you, I, I don't know, like, uh, or share insights how to do it correctly. So ideally, you just want something that describes the image, and that's what that text is supposed to be. It exists for um, accessibility, Uh, purposes. It's for uh, screen readers, uh, for people with uh, perhaps visual impairments. It's not meant to be an SEO tool. Um, Mm -hmm. And we do have a tendency to just put in keywords and maybe use generic images, but then um, uh, use an alt attribute that describes a product we have that's not even appearing in that image. So it's been time and time again that Google said, it's fine to use generic imagery for your design, don't put an uh, an alt text on it in any way because it's it's just part of the design. Mm-hmm. But if you do have an image that is relevant to your product, it is showing your product. Um, then yes, do describe it as such, and you can say you know um, rear view of my product or top view of my product or whatever uh, would be a descriptive um, sentence for that image. So that, that's all it should be. Um, it shouldn't be focused on keywords or anything. Then again, if you have five ways of uh, naming your product and one way has a higher search volume, that doesn't mean it's bad if you choose that one. But um, it, it it also shouldn't be just for SEO. Yeah. Okay. Uh, tell how to uh, be ranked uh, with image search. That means uh, I need to rank my uh, content in the top 10 results uh, or it's uh, quite different approach to rank only images on your content. So this takes me back to what I mentioned before. So up until about 2018, Google was only ranking the uh, file. So it was the JPEG or the PNG. It wasn't actually ranking a page where that image existed. And um, it was it was somebody in, in the industry I work now, stock photography, was getting images that um, I guess they got tired of Google doing this. And they, they um, opened a lawsuit saying, you know, it's not fair because all that traffic, you're sending it to our image. We, we don't get any data on it. You, you can put Google Analytics on a, on a JPEG. Um, you can't really put a call to action button or anything on that. So it wasn't fair that Google was using their images to serve user intent, but they were getting nothing out of it. So Google realized the the mistake, I guess, and they decided to partner up and come up with a plan where um, image providers would benefit um, from Google using their images. And this is how they decided to instead use, um, rank the HTML page where the image shows up rather than the JPEG or PNG, um, the file as they did before. So 
since they did that, um, that's when a lot of things started changing and changing quite fast up until 2018. If you're trying to put a timeline of image search changes, you barely have any items. Uh, and after that, it's like a change every month, um, a more noticeable one maybe. So since that moment, because it's ranking against the page, um, it does. It, you still need to do a lot of the traditional SEO things you do to rank the page in the first place. So all of that still matters. You still need um, a, you still need quality content and original one. You still need um, speed. So you want your pages to load very fast, provide a good user experience in general. Uh, you still need your whole website to kind of be um, past EAT. So it's um, an expert website. It has authority and it's it's trustworthy. So you, all, you, you still need to do all of that um, in order to get your images ranked in image search because you're pretty much getting your page ranked. But unlike web search, there's also things about the image that you need to do for Google to better understand that image on your page, because ultimately that's what um, it's going to be showing in, in search results. So um, to do that, you you need uh, to optimize the image itself, of course, and that can be, uh, um, you, you can start with the file format. So you, you choose the correct file format for the image. So for instance, if it's a photo, you might want JPEG or you might want WebP. But um, if if it's more of a logo, you might want to go with an SVG, so a vector, uh, just because it scales better uh, and um, it would be a smaller file size overall. And yeah, file size, that's another thing you, you can optimize as well. You can compress your images, but um, working for a, a stock photography website, we have a bit of a problem when it comes to compression because our images are the products we're trying to sell. Mm -hmm. So we really can't compress to the point where it, it loses quality by any means. And Google does say um, use quality images. So that is one of the things we wouldn't want to do anyway. So um, we use a lossless compression, but that can work against us sometimes. And this is a, a word of warning for anybody who uses lossless compression. If your image has a lot of detail, a lot of color changes, it's quite grainy, you can compress it and barely shave off a few kilobytes of the mm -hmm. of the image. So if, if you're using super large images and you want a good compression out of them, but still keep the quality, use lossless, but um, choose images that kind of have opaque colors so they don't go in a lot of different grainy colors. Uh, and then it will, it will um, compress way better. Okay, uh, do you use uh, some uh, special plugins, for example, for WordPress? Uh, to compress images uh, or uh, just take all images that you have and uh, one by one to compress with uh, offline tools? So um, currently we, we don't really have a CMS because of the size mm -hmm. of the website, but I can imagine a lot of people still use WordPress. It's still the number one CMS out there. Um, there are many plugins you can use directly there, but I never recommend adding a lot of plugins in WordPress in the first place. So image compression can be done outside of the CMS itself. So when you upload the images, they're already compressed. And that would be my my recommendation for any CMS. So you mm -hmm. can use any any external service that does image compression, you know, like TinyPNG or 
uh, any Smash.io, I don't know, all, all these ones. Um, uh, can it, you clarify why you don't recommend to use many plugins? And speed, performance, right? Uh -huh. the, the more plugins you have, the slower your WordPress will be. So um, I, well, I might be a bit draconic with this, but I, I really would recommend not adding any plugin unless you definitely use it and, you know, it out outweighs um, the problems it might cause. So um, I always think it's funny that you, in order to get, um, to get speed improvements, you would put a, a plugin that does um, speed optimization for you. And it's like the, the presence of the, the plugin itself will cause some speed issues, but they're smaller than the actual optimizations it can bring. So then it's, a, it's, it's good. But if you keep just piling up add-ons because they keep doing all this work for you and plugins, you, you just end up with a very slow website that has compressed images and nice tables or whatever but it's going to be slow. No, you know, I'll share this episode with my web developers <laughs> because <laughs> if I have problems, they share a new plugin. You know, we have a bunch of plugins. If you have options, don't go for a plugin. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sometimes it's hard to create something new. And yeah, for example, like Yoast SEO, many other great plugins. But in most cases, yes, it's, it's possible, but they use plugins. Yeah, I need to talk to them. Plugins are easy and, you know, they, they still do the work. I'm not saying they're not good. It's just don't mm -hmm. overdo it. We used to have a plugin that um, showed, um, like gave you a new inspirational quote in the dashboard. And I, I asked our writers, why do we have that? It, it just doesn't make any sense. Oh, but it's it's so good in the morning. I said, just find a website online that does that for you. Don't put it as a plugin in WordPress and affect the entire installation. Just don't do that. Mm -hmm. Okay, uh, got it. Okay, let's talk about uniqueness. Uh, for example, if we are trying to rank website, uh, we need to have unique text, uh, unique content. Uh, but not always, <laughs> sometimes websites still uh, text and uh, rank uh, not bad, you know, <laughs> even John Miller replied many times to, the, uh, to such questions. Uh, what about image search? Do we need to have some unique pictures or I can go to, uh, I don't know, uh, some stock platforms, uh, take some awesome pictures or steal from uh, others and submit on my website and rank well? Never steal from others, copyright. <laughs> but um, it, it, it's a good question because I do work for a stock photography website, but I'm also mm -hmm. an SEO. So I know from, from an SEO point of view, there are all these articles that say uh, don't, don't use stock photography imagery because it's duplicate and you're not going to rank well. But then from a stock photography um, point of view, it, that's not quite true. Uh, and that's because Google will rank you against the context on your page. So we can both use the same image, but you use it in a slightly different context than mine. You serve a different user intent than I do. We'll both rank just for different mm -hmm. keywords with the same image. So it, it's not a matter of if somebody used one image, nobody else can ever use it again. And the context around um, matters a lot. And that's what you're going to rank against, not the image itself. Now, if the image is completely unrelated, you might not even rank for it. But um, yeah, that might come back to that computer vision discussion. Is Google using it? And um, who knows? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember one article from a Search Engine Journal, and uh, the editor 
shared information that uh, probably 50% of all images in the search engine journal are stock pictures. <laughs> they and... are, because imagine the, the volume of images they would need. How would they go about making unique images every single time? Yeah, it, it would be really, really hard. And um, I'm sure they get some image search traffic even on those images. Even sometimes they're quite generic images. They're not even images of something specific. Um, I mean, 80% of them are Google logo, <laughs> most likely. <laughs> yeah, That's what they write about. But um, it is it is absolutely possible to rank with stock photography, no problem. And Alamy, the, the website I work for, we have 265 images now. Uh, sorry, I said 265 million yep. images. That's what I meant. <laughs> so, um, you know, chances for you to get an image that's been used a lot before are very, very slim. And there's also this uh, myth about stock photography being all about women eating salad while laughing. It's not true. We, we have some heart-wrenching photography. You won't believe the quality of the photography that gets added on stock photography websites. And, and you can buy it for a regular stock photography license. Mm -hmm. uh, okay. Uh, for example, if you are talking about uh, photographers, yeah, I, I, I'm, I, probably these people can uh, submit their pic photos, pictures uh, on Instagram or Pinterest, you know, or uh, related platforms. Uh, uh, I mean, like if we repurpose content on different platforms, for example, if you uh, submit a new article on your blog, you can repurpose on Medium, uh, LinkedIn Pulse, uh, many other websites uh, to get. Um, I mean, uh, we can uh, even relate them uh, with uh, hreflang, uh, I don't remember exactly the name of this uh, tag, we can relate, yeah, to tell Google that uh, this piece of content uh, in the first place. What about um, images, if we repurpose them with different platforms, is it good for SEO or not? So um, last year, Google introduced uh, a new, well, it's uh, yeah, a new structure data type. It's called licensable images. Mm -hmm. So this one allows you to kind of mark up your images to show copyright details in image search. So when you click on an image underneath the image, it will tell you who gets the copyright for that image. This is if you use structured data and it's ranking on the page with that structured data. If you're the photographer and you know your images are being used on different platforms, what you can do instead is use the IPTC metadata of the image. So think EXIF metadata where you, you can kind of store some details with the image itself. So with the IPTC, you have um, three different fields you can fill in that would allow you to put um, copyright and attributed to a certain person, a certain website, um, and even uh, have a link there on a page where you can go and buy that image that's different from the website ranking that image. So for instance, I'm a photographer, my image has been used on Pinterest, it's ranking with Pinterest's website, but right underneath it will say that I am the copyright owner and here's my website where you can come and buy this image from if you want to buy it. So this is this was a, a, a massive move from Google because it, it protects copyright across the web, even if it's used in different places. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm happy to say Alamy was a partner with Google on this and we, we got to test this before it went live. Uh, and we have it fully implemented on all 265 million images. 
Uh, you know, you told me that uh, it's not hard to submit your request to Bright SEO but if your partner with Google. <laughs> I mean, you know, it was it was um, a, such a, such an opportunity for us to be to be able to be part of that, and um, mm-hmm. it was good for us to see kind of how it would work for us. We were able to give Google feedback, and it wasn't just us; it was multiple um, people from the industry that helped Google come up with this. Uh, and mm-hmm. refine it, but that's the best part. They were listening to our feedback, and they kind of understood the, um, you know, the the pain points we would have as, as stock photography companies, but also for our photographers. So all all that feedback was um, listened to and incorporated before this went live. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's talk about technical SEO. I, I know uh, after image search, <laughs> uh, you like to. Uh, share about technical SEO, how to uh, measure your technical SEO, which tools to use, and uh, how to analyze uh, that uh, pictures have uh, the right size on your content. So before that, um, just in general with image search, if you want to kind of measure your image search efforts on Google, the the only data you can get that's somewhat reliable is uh, from Google Search Console, unfortunately. Um, so you you can switch web search, image search. You can do news. You can do you know all these different surfaces, video. Um, but if you if you look at image search, that will give you the most complete data you can ever get from Google when it comes to image search. That that traffic flows into Google Analytics or Adobe Analytics or whatever analytics you use. But the referrer doesn't come in as Google image search, so you don't you can't really do the split in analytics in any way. Some of it comes, but um, it's slash image res, um, IMG, um, RES, but mm-hmm. uh, it's only partial. Um, it's not the whole traffic you're actually getting. So I, I really wouldn't use that. It's not reliable at all. So Google Search Console, only place you can get some accurate readings about how many people are seeing your images and how many people are actually clicking on them. When it comes to technical SEO, it really depends what type of website you're working on. Um, I'm I'm now used to working with these massive enterprise websites, so uh, a regular crawler doesn't cut it anymore. Um, You know, a lot of people use Screaming Frog and they use their free version, which is up to 500 pages, which is great for for small websites, but uh, when you get bigger ones, it's not that good. So then you, you pretty much apply the 2080 rule, so um, I'm trying to get 20% of my website crawled and identify at least 80% of the issues from that because I'll never be able to crawl this massive, massive website. I'd need over 300 million pages crawled. And um, I did a calculation with AWS and it would be over 13,000 pounds to do it once. So that's not happening. <laughs> Uh, you know, uh, I often see when webmasters use uh, paid tools, even Screaming Frog, uh, but they uh, skip uh, Google Search Console. You know, if you want to get uh, insights about your technical SEO, it's better to jump with Google Search Console first because Google recognizes uh, these errors. Uh, and after this, of course, you can use some paid tools uh, to analyze them. Uh, uh, SEMrush, HREF, Screaming Frog, many, uh, many great tools uh, we have. But uh, the first step, uh, Google Search Console and probably PageSpeed Insights. Uh, do you use this tool? 
Uh, yeah, you know, and not just that. It, it depends if we're doing uh -huh. um, actual field, you know, if, if we're doing lab testing or field testing, if we want actual data or if we just kind of want to see does this change improve anything. Mm -hmm. But um, you're right about Search Console, definitely. And you can't say, oh, I optimize for Google and not open Search Console nonstop to see what Google yeah. likes and doesn't like. Like it, that's your, your best tool to, yeah, to understand it, what it, Google wants. Yeah, it's the it's same with Bing, right? How mm -hmm. many people use Bing Webmaster Tools? But if you're interested in Bing, mm -hmm. you should use it. Um, um, I also use Yandex, even though my, my traffic from Russia is quite low in comparison with all other search engines. But um, it's, it's an interesting webmaster tool to have. And it's interesting to see how Yandex works because you get all these alerts where they tell you they put an image, a page in the index or they took it out and they tell you why which gives you more insight into how that search engine works. And we can probably consider even bigger search engines work in a similar way at some point. So it's, it's you know, I would recommend just um, verifying your website with Yandex if you get even a bit of traffic, just so you can kind of see what information they provide. Yeah, you know, from Yandex, I know one feature that I like uh, more than any other. Uh, uh, it's feature uh, about your uh, user experience, how people spend time on your website. Crazy X, uh, X provide uh, the same Yeah, features. so it's, uh, um, what is it called? Something Yandex? Uh, web Visor. Something ending web... in AA something. I know which one you're talking about. Where <laughs> Yandex they give Web you, They give you the video of yeah. the user and what they're doing. Well, if you like that one, you're going to like the one that uh, Microsoft put out. Mm -hmm. Um Oh, what's it called? I am so bad with names. Um, <laughs> Clarity, Microsoft Clarity. Mm -hmm. So it does exactly the same thing. You just put a tracking code on your website through Google Tag Manager if you want. It's that easy. And then it records what users do on your page. So you can see their mouse moving, where they clicked, uh, if they scrolled too much, if they had rage clicks, you know, when they can't find something or something doesn't work and they just start clicking. So it, it gives you similar information to what you would get with Crazy Egg or Hotjar. Mm -hmm. Maybe not as much information, but it's it's a completely free tool. Yeah. And uh, they say it's unlimited and I tested it on my website and so far I couldn't reach a limit. So I would say um, it, it's worthwhile um, and it's worth checking it out and it doesn't impact your, your page performance when you put the script on. Mm, not always, you know. <laughs> it, it's pretty good. They, I think they've optimized for this specifically because they, they launched Probably. it sometime last year and we were mm -hmm. already talking about Core Web Vitals and other things by then. So I think they, mm -hmm. they paid attention to that. Ah, okay. Probably because uh, the last time when I check out this tool, yeah, uh, the speed was the reason why we uh, stopped using this tool. Oh, that's interesting. Space. Yeah, seriously, uh, uh, we lost like a few seconds uh, for a page. It's a lot. Really? And... That yeah, is insane. But I don't remember when, like a few years ago. <laughs> yeah, something like this. Then it wasn't this tool. So this only became available about a year ago or so. Mm -hmm. Yeah, possible, possible. Uh, yeah, interesting. You know, uh, that means it's better to use uh, free tools first and after this uh, jump. No, I, I wouldn't say all free tools, but this, this mm -hmm. is pretty great. Um, this is quite a great tool considering it's free. I can't believe it how much data they give you. Mm -hmm. um, and the way I use it, for instance, I, I put it on the website for a period of time and then I turn it off. 
So I don't keep it on all the time because, um, you know, we get so much third party JavaScript on our sites and, and then we wonder why they're slow. But this is why, because we keep installing tools and we keep leaving them there. So um, this is how I use it. I put it on for two weeks or maybe a month. I turn it off and then I, I analyze the data I already have. And if I need more data, then I turn it on again. Uh, okay, I, I want to ask the question that people often ask me. Uh, I probably know the answer, but uh, I'm interested to learn from you, you know, uh, your insights. Uh, how to get 100% with PageSpeed Insights? Oh, good luck. <laughs> <laughs> you can't really answer that question. What's your website built with? What technologies are you using? How good are your developers? Because sometimes it's not even the technology. Is mm -hmm. Are your developers able to do certain things? Or, um, you know, are they aware of them? And then again, do you need to get 100% in Lighthouse? Is that the no. metric you should be measuring in the first place? I mean, you know, I I, um, I look at my crux data every month when it updates to actually see um, how we moved the needle with our changes for our actual users. So if, if that's if if I see that 80% or more of my users are are getting green stats across the core web vitals, I'm happy. Even if I do a lighthouse and it's I don't know low 80s. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's not, you know, that that shouldn't be the measure. It should be what users actually experience on the website. Uh, you know, uh, once I got the question from my client, he told me, uh, check out my, uh, uh, that I have green zone, you know, but my competitors have red zone and they rank higher <laughs> in, the, in the first position. What's going on? <laughs> I have green zone. Why I can't overcome them? Uh, yeah, probably because of content, uh, visibility, uh, sharing value. It's more important than uh, uh, users don't know about this zone. Yeah, they uh, don't check out uh, technical optimization. They see what they see, uh, only visible part, yeah, text, uh, images, uh, other uh, elements. Uh, yeah, I, uh, but that's okay to have uh, page speed uh, uh, much higher because um, uh, users uh, can leave your website if they wait for so long yeah to try and to uh, load your page especially in in the mobile uh, and smartphones yeah <laughs> and page speed is just one of the factors right like it it can be so many other things that they're doing better so even if you're the fastest website maybe users don't like you as much for you know content experience anything else yeah. Um, remember how people used to queue in front of Apple stores before a, a new phone would come up? They were happy waiting the entire night there in tents for the, mm -hmm. for the store to open up. So they're one of the first few people to actually buy a phone. So that, that kind of tells me that people are happy to wait five seconds for a page to load if they know they can get exactly what they want from that page. Mm -hmm. So even if your loads in three, th three seconds, if you're not actually giving them what they want, they won't, you know, park their tent in front of your shop. Mm -hmm. uh, I remember a study from Brian Dean, and uh, he uh, tried to optimize with PageSpeed Insights one of his pages. And uh, uh, after a few weeks, um, uh, uh, he squeezed uh, a few images, uh, uh, took away some content, uh, but increased the PageSpeed Insights uh, close to 100%. I don't remember, like uh, 90 plus 90%. And uh, nothing happened. You know? <laughs> the... <laughs> I, exactly, because that's not the metric he should be looking at. Yeah. <laughs>
Okay, uh, let's talk about uh, ranking uh, images. Uh, for example, uh, uh, users often check out uh, ranking positions in the top 10 results. How we can uh, check out uh, image search? Uh, I mean, like we have the top 10 or uh, something like this. So you can you can do ranking checks exactly like you would do in a web search. Um, most of the tools will provide image search. Not most mm -hmm. of the big tools, though, which is such a shame. But um, for instance, I'm using Rank Tracker, and uh, they allow to add any image search engine as well. Um, so any tool that will allow you to do that, it means you can check your image rankings. But um, I need to warn you, they, they are a bit different than you would expect with web search. And that's because of how they're displayed, I guess. Because with, with web search, because it's mostly text, well, not nowadays when it's when it's combined, but um, it used to be mostly text. So you, you would have a tendency to read it top to bottom. So then being at the top mattered quite a lot. With images, when the page opens, and especially if you're on a larger screen, let's say, and you get multiple rows of images, your your eye will go to whatever image is you know more more captivating i guess that's in view so just being the first image might not mean as much as being um, another image elsewhere and when i joined alamy because i wasn't aware of image search as much as i should have been i started reading uh, all sort of papers from students from all sort of universities and pretty much anything that had image search on it and I found um, an eye tracking study that was conducted on Google image search. And they found out that the, the middle image on the second row gets the, the most eyeballs. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, and then it kind of moves left, right, and then it moves up. So ranking first, uh, it, it was not even you know fifth best or something. Um, and in their grid, because they used a five by five, it was ranking eighth actually was the best place to be on that page. Mm -hmm. So um, the screen size changes, that rank changes. So it's really, really hard to, to say this rank is better. So what I do is um, I, you know, uh, I try to look at my um, click-through rate data more and see if that can tell me a better story because I might see an image that has been mostly ranking 10th that has a better click-through rate than an image that's been mostly ranking first. And then the, unfortunately in Google Search Console, the only split you can do to kind of dig deeper in the data is mobile and desktop, but I don't know what screen size is. So I can't anticipate where that image would have been on the screen. So um, it, it's, you know, that that's pretty much all you can do. Look at screen sizes, split it by that, and then also look at click-through rates based on position and try to figure out. You know, mm -hmm. if on mobile, most of the images that have the bigger click-through rate are ranking third, it's probably in the middle of the second row. Um, but on desktop, it would be ranking seventh or eighth. Okay, got it. Yeah, valuable. Uh, what about um, uh, ranking images? I mean, like, uh, uh, do we need to write uh, the text uh, surround the picture or image? Uh, or uh, Google can recognize... Uh, the search intent, uh, and uh, it doesn't matter where you submit this picture on your page. No, um, so context matters and also image position. So um, I don't want this to sound like an old SEO trick. Put your main keyword at the beginning of the page if you want to rank for it. Mm -hmm. So I, I definitely not mean that. But um, if you try to think about it logically, 
if you have an image that's very important, would you put it at the end of the post or at the beginning? So it, it just makes sense. If it's important images you want to rank with, they will be more towards the top of the page. And if it's secondary images that you don't really care about, they will be lower on the page. So Google does use um, placement, I guess. Uh, they do say place your important images uh, higher on the page. So I guess they're using this to kind of understand, is this a main image you want to rank with, or is this maybe a secondary image that you shouldn't rank with? Mm -hmm. Okay, you know, uh, tools often uh, tell me that I need to submit all text for all images that I have on my website. No. Some of them pretty small, you know, like emojis. Uh, no. <laughs> do I need to spend all my time to submit this? All so um, as I said before, if images are there just for design mm -hmm. and they're unrelated to the content, there's no point in, in trying to put a, an alt text on the image uh, if it's there just for a background. If that image is supposed to be seen by a user and maybe somebody who, who uses a, a screen reader would need to understand what that image is about, then put, put that text on it. Okay. I have the question about learning. You know, uh, for example, uh, uh, I, I often get um, uh, much better results with clients uh, who know uh, SEO. That they don't need to be experts uh, to know exactly how it works, but they need to understand. Uh, and uh, my audience often asks me, you know, uh, about learning. Uh, provide your insights where to start, how to learn about image uh, search, uh, about page speed, uh, or uh, any other technical. So if, if you're optimizing for Google, I would say learn directly from Google. Um, mm -hmm. Even if they don't always get it right, uh, and sometimes they're wrong, most of the times they're right. So it's if you learn from them, you're at least learning in, in the way they would be happy with. Um, I'm not saying there aren't good SEO blogs out there, because there are, but there's also a lot of um, advice that I would not give anybody. So yeah. um, if you go directly to the source, you, you really can't go wrong. Google has web.dev for anything speed-related and Core Web Vitals, and um, they, they post a lot of improvements and things that people can try and do to optimize their websites. So I would say it's almost a complete resource if you're just getting started and you want everything in one place. Um, they have their um, developer website where they, they write about the guidelines for different things. So that's where you can find how to kind of optimize your website for image search, how to optimize images in general, um, choosing different formats, how to uh, resize them and other things. Um, but they also have a lot of information about anything technical SEO. So that's pretty much the technical SEO Bible or should be their um, uh, developer website. Then um, I'd say just learn about the web in general and how the internet works, because that seems to be a massive gap in our knowledge and it shouldn't be. Uh, and uh, for instance, I find Mozilla has a, a great subdomain on how the web works. It takes you from, you know, from how the internet appeared to um, how how are we getting the website rendered on in browsers and how does that work and how do uh, layers come in and painting and reflow and everything. So, um, you know, there, there's a lot of information. Question is how much time do you have and how condensed do you want this information? 
Okay, uh, what about uh, keyword difficulty? Uh, for example, uh, before uh, trying to rank any content, I analyzed with HRF SEMrush keyword difficulty, uh, the level of competition, uh, and um, yeah, I'm just uh, measure my resources. Can I uh, outrank uh, big competitors or any other websites in the top 10? Uh, do we need to uh, analyze uh, keyword difficulty uh, with image search? That's interesting. I don't analyze keyword difficulty with web search either. So it would yeah. be hard for me to tell you. Um, I was just talking to somebody who was telling me about some personal mm -hmm. projects they were working on and how they were um, outranking massive competitors mm -hmm. on very important keywords with their very small website that they run over the weekend. So that kind of tells me, does keyword difficulty matter that much or does it matter mm -hmm. how much time you put into optimizing for that keyword? Because if you have the time, the resources, and most likely the budget, you could probably take that keyword. Question is, how long will it take you? Mm -hmm. So, you know, I, for one, don't use keyword difficulty. That doesn't mean it's a bad metric by any means. It's just not a metric I found very useful so far. Mm -hmm. Yeah, got it. Interesting. Okay, the last question. Uh, how my audience can learn more about you, reach out to you, find uh, your <laughs> educational stuff online? Right. So uh, I'm on LinkedIn. I, I tend to keep a, an archive of all the different um, presentations I do and, uh, you know, podcasts, which I don't do a lot of. So I'm very happy to be here today. Um, and um, I've, I've also uh, been able to write a chapter in the Mastering In-House uh, SEO book by Blue Array um, for two years in a row. So pick up that book if you're interested, and not just for my chapter, but um, they're, they're great books if you're trying to get more insight into the minds of different SEOs around the world. And um, so, yeah, you can check my LinkedIn, LinkedIn to find uh, more resources and links to different other places. I'm also very active in the women in tech SEO community, mostly on Slack, though. So um, if you know if you're part of that, do reach out. Um, I, I do reply to anybody who's asking me anything there. Um, where else? I'm on Twitter all the time because how else would I be able to stalk John Mueller and see everything he says if I'm not on there? <laughs> and uh, to be fair, Twitter is a, is a great way of connecting with SEOs around the world. It's um, it's where I get about 50% of my 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 knowledge nowadays. So um, I do recommend it for anybody who's who's looking to learn more. Just get a Twitter account and connect to SEOs. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. I think that's where you can find me. Okay, it's a big pleasure, you know, I, I've learned a lot, you know, <laughs> I think that uh, never stop learning uh, from anybody, a lot of valuable insights. Uh, um, guys, you can find all uh, links uh, in the description below, uh, uh, all social media profiles, follow Roxana Stingu, and uh, see you next time. See ya. Thanks for listening to this entire podcast. Please rank your experience in Apple, Spotify, Google, or any other platforms that you may use. Also, please share your ranking mark on chat at seotools.tv to get a special gift. We'll see you soon on other valuable audio podcasts.